Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm doing well and excited to be here on a Sunday with one of our More Than Mom episodes. Um, And today we're talking about something I think is really fun for this time of year, and that is habits, um, because that is a hot topic when we're going into the, you know, finishing out a year and going into the new year. But specifically, we're going to talk about some of the habits we nailed in 2021 (laughs) and some of the ones we'd maybe like, you know, a redo for 2022. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't go as planned, and that's okay, too. Maybe both are equally informative, I would say. Yeah. And I also think um, one thing we're going to talk about a little bit today is habits that we thought we were going to kind of go all in on and decided to let go of. And we're okay with that. And then some maybe new ones that we picked up where we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't like where this is going. Either we slipped into them or we purposefully started them. And then we're like, well, maybe that's not exactly what we thought we were getting ourselves into. Well, right. And that's a really good reminder as people are starting to think New Year's thoughts is when you look back at the past 12 months, Of course, habits are not something you declare you're starting in January and then nothing changes. You either, you know, stick with them or quit them. There's lots of I I thought of some new habits that cropped up like mid-year that maybe cropped up and then went away. So it's like an ever evolving thing. And I think that's a good reminder because we every single year we trick ourselves into thinking we've got to have all the new habits starting on January 1st, we've got to ditch the old habits. And then that's somehow going to transform our entire 2022. But it's much more cyclical, seasonal, and like human than that. Yes, yes. And there's always like, you can always climb back up on the wagon um, or the horse or or whatever metaphor you want to use. And also, you know, the years feel like they go by really fast. Like if you look back to like this time of year last year, it feels just like a snap ago, right? But actually, a year is a long time. And a lot happens in a year. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of only looking like at the last three months and thinking like, well, how am I doing right now? How have I been doing for the Mm -hmm. last three months? And 
kind of forgetting about maybe the great things we accomplished or were doing um, in the first half of the year or the middle section of the year, maybe in the summer, like maybe the season that is the most energizing to you is the one that you tend to kind of rock these things. And then you slip a little bit um, in the fall. I know that is often the case for me. Like I ride into the fall. Great. But then kind of November comes around and things start to Mm. the wheels fall off the bus a little bit as you, as you like to say. So I think it's also nice to um, be fair to ourselves and to really look Mm. at the year as a whole and try to like find almost document something I want to do this year is like document what I've been doing different times throughout the year. So that when I look back at the end of the year, I can give myself credit. Yes. I've, I've actually been doing that. And so I can fully say that you do feel more satisfaction or I do, um, having that kind of evidence of both the, the good and the not so good. So yeah, I think today's a good look back. Um, and then I don't know, in the coming weeks, we will definitely return to this idea of habits and goals and intentions and we can't help ourselves. It's, you know, well, right. Tis the season. <laughs> yeah. And don't, don't expect for us to give you any great, like, um, insights or ideas today. This is a retrospective and, yes. a and a little bit of a look forward. Um, and basically we're just going to own up to some of the stuff that didn't go so swimmingly and things that we're hoping to do a little bit better next year. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keeps pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Sarah, so let's start off by talking about the habits that we're glad we either started or stuck to in 2021. 
Um, and I'll go first so we can just kind of go back and forth. I'm going to start with my skincare routine. This is something that I've really made a very, you know, something I've been playing with for years, but I've still been a little inconsistent and sporadic, um, especially when my routine outside of home gets disrupted, like I'm traveling or going camping or, you know, staying at my boyfriend's house or whatever. Right. I would, I would have like one skincare routine that I would do at home, but then I would kind of fall off of it when anything happened, even if I was just going into bed at a different time, for some reason, Mm -hmm. like it would kind of fall off. So I really started dialing that in and, you know, you've learned, um, and we've had some long conversations about this, that there are things that happen when you're figuring out big girl skincare. And some of that is you, you use the wrong products. You use the products too often. Like there's like a little trial and error that happens. And for a little while I was like, ugh, I don't even want to do this anymore because I think I'm making it worse. But now it's like, I can see how the routine of the, and the consistency and doing it more, not the same every single day. Cause I use different products, sometimes different days. Cause I don't want to use like a retinol every day or whatever, but, um, just kind of sticking to that routine has been very good for my skin. So it's, as you said before, in a very good place right now. And I'm going to chalk that up to the habit. I love it. That is such a good one and not one that I feel on top of right now. So inspiring to me. Uh, but also on the personal care front, my first habit that I'm glad I stuck with in 2021, I feel very proud of this, is flossing every single day. And now, Megan, you'll remember that like three or four years ago, I also had this goal because I remember we were in Phoenix together in January and I was like telling you about it. And then you somehow became a better flosser than me and I fell off the wagon. So that was several years ago. This was a renewed effort to floss every day. And I've had this story in my head that nighttime is not a good time for me to floss because I'm so tired. I just want to get in bed, et cetera. And so I have always overcomplicated when in the day am I going to floss? And you know what I did this year is I just made it a non-negotiable that I floss every day. And in, at first I'd, I'd try and do it in the morning. And then if I forgot, I would do it before bed. It didn't matter how tired I was. And now I, I actually always floss before bed. And I've completely, that was like a false story I was telling myself that mm. I'm too tired. So um, I think I can count on one hand the number of times I've missed this year, like four or five nights out of 365. And I feel really proud of that. I have a lot of tartar buildup and my gums bleed easily when I go get my teeth cleaned. And so I have like had two really good hygiene visits where like, that doesn't happen. And yeah, it just feels like a grown up thing um, to have like finally conquered. And the times I didn't do it, most of the time was like a, a one night stay in a hotel where I forgot my floss or something like that. So really few and far between. I love that you had like a uh, tangible, I guess, or like um, recognizable result, because I think flossing mm-hmm. can be one of those kinds of things that it's like, OK, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. But really, who cares? And are like. <laughs> dentist visit still going to be terrible. You know what I mean? But like the fact that that actually made a a marked difference for you is great. And I have to say, um, my flossing routine was totally dialed in until I moved to this house. So I've been in this house almost two years now. So it's been very sporadic since. And I think it's because the bathroom, okay, this is like the dumbest reason, but my bathroom is bigger (laughs) and the place where I keep my floss now isn't as like easily visible. I used to keep it right next to like in a little cabinet right next to my, um, my vanity mirror. And I could see it. I'd be standing there brushing my teeth and I'd be like, Oh, right. Floss. There it is. Okay. I'm going to do that first. And now it's like, I have to open a drawer. And Mm -hmm. for some reason that means I forget like, you know, two out of every 
four times or something. Like, okay, know. that's a half, but you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so that's something you have now inspired me because I feel better, even if it's just like emotionally, I feel emotionally better going to bed with last teeth. I agree. And let me say one more thing. Brushing my teeth at night feels less like I feel like I can uh, phone it in a bit more on nighttime brushing because flossing is really that's where the good stuff is. Like that's really the more important one. Of course, brushing like also helps and that good toothpaste and all of that. But like I also feel like it's almost like winning because my teeth brushing right after I floss is like quick and then I just go. to Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so my next one is my yoga practice. And this is one where I'm kind of giving myself a lot of credit for getting back to something outside of the home when COVID started to ease up. And also, just to speak to what we were talking about in the intro, like how you sometimes lose track of how much you've really done, especially in a year that's been so weird. So I was just looking back through, so my yoga studio has like a um, content library where you can go back and look at, um, old classes. They do everything since, since, uh, since COVID almost all the classes are both online and now in person, but for a long time they were only online. So I was just going back through the content library, trying to find a class to do on a day that I couldn't make it into the studio. And I went back as far as like last summer, um, like early last summer and remembered that they were still, we were still not in the studio all the time for those Mm -hmm. classes. Often they were still happening Um, and I can't remember the exact date that that switched over. Like for me, I tend to think it was like last, like fall of 2020 that everything got back to normal. And that's actually not what happened. So things did start to go back to normal, but then they pretty quickly switched off again. Yeah. We had a rough winter, like January, February in most places of 2021 was pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And my kids were quarantined a ton or like, or school was shut down, you know? So there was just like a lot of disruption. Um, and so when I went back and reminded myself of that and then realized that despite that, when I go look, they, um, use like an online program for signing up for classes. I can go look at the list of classes that I attended. It's long. Like I really did it. And so just not too long ago, maybe, maybe a month ago, I was writing on her Instagram about how I'd kind of like around Thanksgiving, I had sort of fallen off and I wasn't getting into the studio as much. And that was like a three week period. And I felt terrible. Like my body immediately felt awful. And I realized that the reason I felt it, I felt the effects so fast and so hard is because I'd been so like, I'd been so routinely going up until then. So I felt like I felt the falling off of the habit harder, which told me that the habit was more ingrained, if that makes sense. Yeah, so totally does. Yeah. So um, I'm back to it now. And I would say like, that's something that I've gotten like steadily better at and, and more intentional about. Um, And it feels really good. I can totally tell like I said, I can just tell the difference in my body when I don't do it. Um, which means sometimes I don't notice the difference when I am doing it because it's a gradual improvement, not a sudden drop off. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but that's something I'm glad I stuck to in 2021 and intend to stick to even more in 2022. I love it very much. Well, my next one is a little bit meta here because (laughs) this habit I'm glad I stuck with actually has to do with habit tracking and goal setting. My brain just Um, exploded. Okay. I know. Right. So actually this is a good time to mention. I was on Sarah Hart Unger's podcast talking about planning and planners and to-do list management. And if that's your jam, I will link to that in the show notes. So I'll I'll be brief here, but, um, this year, my notebook, my little planner notebook had, um, some calendar pages and it had a lot of blank pages. And for the first time 
Oh, and it also has a section for like a one, like a line a day journal. And so it just literally like there's not there's not more room than just one line for every day of the year. And I used that part of the journal throughout the year, actually, for a few different things. I played around with what to write down. But the last like four months, it's just basically been a gratitude journal. And I know that's like the least exciting idea under the sun, but it's such a short it's such a a finite amount of space that I write two or three things either that I'm grateful for, or sometimes it's just something I noticed or something that made me happy. And, and there's no sentence structure. There's no nothing. Um, that is really powerful to look back on. I will say, because I have struggled as you know, with journaling over the last long time since I had kids really, and not really understanding like what kind of journaling would serve me. So, so this notebook has the one line a day journal that I did most of the last year and every single day for the last like four months. And I feel really good about that. But also in this notebook, um, I've tracked things like what shows and movies we've watched this year, what books I've read, um, even what podcasts I've listened to. So I have I have used the monthly pages to keep track of my behaviors, uh, my goals. And so it's all on paper and it's really cool to look back at. And I I wasn't perfect. Like I did try to set monthly goals and quarterly goals. I didn't reach all of the goals. I think sometimes the goal setting itself was a little misguided. So it was imperfect, but it exists like in my hand in this notebook. And I never, I never dropped off of the writing down of something. And that was really good. And meanwhile, my task list moved completely digital with Todoist this year. But the notebook is more like, it's more like gratitude journal slash habit tracking slash miscellaneous. And it has served me really well this year. So I'm proud of that. I have really been toying with the idea because I overthink journals too. I mean, we've talked about this before, but yeah. I think we've done like a whole episode about just journaling. I feel like we've spent a lot of time talking about journaling or maybe just you and I yeah. have. Um, but this idea that a journal has to be like long and thoughtful and you know what I mean? And my sister has been doing not a one line, but I think hers is like a, it's like a five year journal or something. Mm-hmm. So it takes, so one page has that date for five years. So you have like three or four lines, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And there's one for kids that I will link up because it's so cool to do with your kids. It's like 365 days, but it's three years. Okay. Continue. But there's a really cool one you can do with kids too. Oh, I like that. Well, what I think is so cool. And I I jokingly call it my sister's captain's log because (laughs) it truly is just like a captain's log of the day. Like, you know, like you'd read in an old timey book, like, um, Uh the weather today is blah, blah, blah. She said, sometimes all she does is just, she'll just mention like, what the weather's like, what's going on in the world. Like it's truly, there's no exposition needed. There's no, it's not, you're not um, talking about your thoughts. You're literally just documenting what's happening in the world and whether a shipment came in that contained, you know, three bolts (laughs) of cotton. There was a storm on the horizon. (laughs) Right, exactly. But like, it just, it's, it's so fascinating, like historically to go back through and look. And I like that the cringe factor is gone then. I have many journals I, I will never go back and read because <laughs> at some point I got all in my feelings and I don't uh-huh. care to relive that. But like a, just something that just says what's up, like what's happening in the world. Like you can, you know, publish that after my death. I don't care. So um, I love this factor idea. is so real. And it almost I almost cringe as I'm journaling. I'm yeah. like pre cringing from my future <laughs> self cringing. Um, but I want to add one more thing that I tracked alongside the daily, the daily lines is I tracked my period for the first time, wow. like successfully. That was interesting. Turns out the days like 
that I was not so grateful for things or the things that like, you know, I tracked, sometimes I tracked my headaches because my headaches are sometimes tied to hormones. So I didn't overthink it. I didn't get a complicated app. I didn't get a complicated planner. I just stuck with that kind of captain's log style journal with writing down a few things that I wanted to keep track of and a few things I was grateful for. So I feel really happy about that. I love that. And I think that something like that, like health as it relates to your hormones is something you will never keep track of in your head without writing it down because you will always forget. Like we, it's like trying to remember what you ate for lunch three days ago. You kind of have a vague idea that it was good or not or whatever. Maybe you don't remember at all, but, but like, unless if you wrote it down, you can go, Oh, right. Of course. But those kind of details just disappear. I love that. And we make up stories. We make up stories like, man, I have been having so many headaches lately or like, I haven't been sleeping well lately. And it's real easy to, to like buy into the wrong story. And then you're like, oh no, actually I just have a bad (laughs) night of sleep. Like once a month at this time, like you can see the data. It's fascinating. Yeah. I love that. Well, here's another habit that I didn't realize I was starting as a habit until it became a habit. And then I was really happy that I did. And, um, that is my mostly no meeting Mondays. And I put mostly because, um, of course things come up and there's always going to be days that we have to have meetings, but I really like a good segue day after the weekend. I, I like Mondays. I'm not one of those like, Oh, Mondays, but I also want to control my Mondays. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to like my Mondays because that they, they are a day where I set the agenda, um, where I get to work on what I want to, or feel is important, um, catch up. Like Sometimes I'm really focused on domestic things on Mondays because that's the day that I like always, always have my kids. So often that's a, a grocery shopping day for me, um, a meal planning day, like a puttering around the house cleaning. So I'm working, but like, I'm like working all these other things in. And one of the things I decided, I want to say early in 2020, but I don't exactly, or, or 2021, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was, you know, at least sometime last summer or spring, um, was to not unless necessary, set up any meetings on Mondays. And it has been great. It just, I, I don't mind meetings. It's not like I hate them, but just knowing that I don't have to wake up on Monday morning, hit the ground running, wondering mm-hmm. who I'm going to have to get on a camera with someone or like, else's, someone else's agenda. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I'm not going to have to worry about doing my hair necessarily. And if I want to take my time in the morning, like, you know, getting out of my PJs, I can, if I feel like in the middle of the day, just going to the grocery store. Cause there's no one there at, you know, 11 AM on a Monday or whatever. I can do that. That has been great. And it wasn't something I meant to be like revolutionary. It was just something where I was like, eh, I feel too rushed on Mondays. I think I'm going to take the next few Mondays off of doing things. And then as I started doing it, it felt so good. So that's something I think I'll keep. Well, just to compliment you, because I know as an Enneagram two and as a, um, like a, not a people pleaser, but you, as some, as a helper, sometimes like holding those types of boundaries are hard for you. If you think that someone that you're disappointing someone else or that someone else needs you. And I have witnessed you say out loud, like, I don't really do meetings on Mondays or like, I'd prefer not to do this on a Monday. And that's, that's not easy. And like you said, you've made exceptions when it makes sense to, but I think that's a hard, that's harder for you to do sometimes when there are other people involved and other people's feelings and schedules. And I've seen you do it. So I want to compliment you. Well, thank you. And I also think that it's the kind of thing where when you, it's like your arbitrary rules that you talk about, Sarah, once you've set the rule, you can, you can toy with the rule however you want. So you know what I mean? Like if I felt like in the middle of the day on Monday, like, Hey, let's jump on a call because it would be easier to talk about this. I'm breaking my own rule, but it's very different to break your own rule than it is to have it like, like thrust upon you. So I'm glad you noticed. Yeah. 
Well, uh, this will be a quick one. And this started in the fall, actually fall of 2020. So a little over a year ago. Um, I just was fed up with Facebook. I don't enjoy scrolling the Facebook feed at all. And and I had taken Facebook breaks in the past for a couple months, um, but I was really feeling like I wanted a hard break. And yeah. yet we have a very vibrant Facebook community group for this podcast that I help manage and that I get value out of. And I do like to shop Facebook Marketplace for secondhand items on occasion. So I just made a personal policy, a personal rule that I was going to set up a bookmark on my web browser that clicks right into the mom hour Facebook group. And I have a different one on my personal like Google Chrome that goes right to Facebook marketplace. And that when I went over to Facebook, that's where I would go. So it was like a, like a hot link to the only place on Facebook I wanted to be. Now, nothing prevented me. There was no parental controls. I could have clicked over and scrolled the newsfeed anytime. And I have not scrolled that newsfeed in over a year, like, like 15 wow. months. And it has been totally life-changing for me personally. I'm not saying it needs to be anyone else's rule. And I even went so far a couple months ago to really lock down a lot of my profile settings so that not I'm not paranoid about privacy or anything, but I just I don't even like the idea of people finding me on Facebook and like looking at my wall from past interactions. I just feel kind of grossed out by Facebook in general. And so I I even kind of took additional steps so that my presence there is pretty uh, minimalist. It's pretty bare bones. I deleted a lot of old photo albums that I know I have those photos elsewhere. I kind of cleaned house a little bit. Um, and I have not looked back. It has been great and I don't miss it. And I think the part that's a little surprising and that I like about it is that I still use those two areas that do add meaning to my life. And I have not at all felt tempted to like, you know, wiggle over to that news feed and start scrolling. Oh, and notifications. I also took all the notifications off. So I won't see, I won't get a little red badge that says like Megan commented on Katie's post. Like I don't see any of it. It's all, it's, it's like not there. I, I love that. That is like, that's going pretty scorched earth. Um, and I applaud that Sarah, you and I have talked so much about Facebook and Facebook management specifically over the past seven, four, eight, I don't know, since the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that was one of our very first episodes was Uh talking about media and like a media diet. So, you know, we talked about both of us took the app off of our phones kind of a long time ago. I feel yeah. like, like I haven't had the Facebook app on my phone for a very long time, but this year something started happening with my phone, with my login on my phone. Cause I used to be able to access it via the browser on my phone. Mm-hmm. And granted, I didn't do it very often because there was no notifications and I couldn't, you know, it was kind of a hassle, but now it won't even let me do that. Like every time I've tried, it would say like, you need to, um, there's a verification coming and it never came. And so it wouldn't lock, it wouldn't let me log in through the browser on my phone. And at some point I just gave up. I stopped trying. So now when I pick up my phone, I no longer even think about Facebook. Like it's so funny how those associations get set and then you don't even realize you're doing it. And the next thing you know, you're scrolling. Well, now it took a little while for my brain to retrain, rewire itself. That phone is not for Facebook, but now that's gone. And now that that's gone, I still use Facebook for work for both, um, you know, to check in with the community, like you mentioned, and just for other things I have going on locally, but I get on, I haven't posted to Facebook in a really long time. And when I get in, I go right to the thing I have to do. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of funny when I go to my feed momentarily before I jump away from the feed and go to the group or whatever, Mm -hmm. often the thing, like the memory that pops up reminds me of how active I used to be and how much Mm -hmm. crap I used to post, like absolute stupid stuff. Like 
<laughs> and that's to me, like, again, talking about cringy, I mean, we're talking like these are 10 year old posts in, in a lot of cases, but I used it like my water. Like I, I not even a water cooler. I think I just, whatever was on my mind, I just put it on Facebook and it would not occur to me to do that now, which yeah. means I don't have a place to do that now because I used to really use like Twitter and then Facebook as that sort of thing. And that's not really what I would use Instagram for. So it's like, I don't have a place now to just spew a thought because it came to my head. And it's interesting how that changes your mindset. And I'm going to leave it there, but like Mm -hmm. having to just have a thought and then not say it out loud, Mm -hmm. um, I think is actually a positive change Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me. (laughs) But yeah, I I think we're, we're also used to like thought enters head. Mm -hmm. Um, where do I put it? And, uh, yeah, really moving away from that. So I might, I might actually take your, some of your very strong and and stringent techniques and like make them, I don't know. I I don't know that I go that scorched earth just yet, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Well, um, my last one in this category of habits that we're glad we started and stuck to in 2021, um, that would include for me reading. Hmm. And I actually upped my reading quite a bit in 2021. And as we've talked about, that has been something we've both like, I feel like we're like ships in the night with this. Like one of us is in a good place with reading and the other one's not. And for a long time, I kept saying I wanted to start reading in some place in my house that wasn't my bed because I would get in bed and then fall asleep with my book in my hand. Um, And this year, I just never could make it stick. Like I didn't have a super cozy, comfy place to curl up with a book in my house and it just never really happened. But what I did start doing is just calling the night early. Like- Mm-hmm. saying, okay, it's time for my PJs on. I'm not going to like putter around the kitchen any longer. I'm not going to sit at the Island on my computer. Uh, I'm not going to watch TV, whatever it is. I'm just going to get in bed and I know I'm not going to go to sleep yet. It's only like nine o'clock or whatever. I'm just going to read. And I've actually, I think I used to wait till the last absolute last minute to get in bed and mm-hmm. I was too tired to read. But now I just get in bed and think this is actually purposeful time. I'm going to bed. Um, what do they say about babies? Alert. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like drowsy, but alert. Drowsy, but awake. Drowsy and awake. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm going to get in bed and I'm going to read intentionally for a little bit. And it's, it's really sticking. Like I'm probably getting in more like half an hour to 45 minutes of reading a night instead of, you know, a, a page. Right. Like seven minutes. All. And then yeah, seven asleep. minutes. And then you wake up the next day and you have to go back because you can't remember mm-hmm. anything you read. Yeah. I've had that a few times too. Well, anyway, that's my last one from that category. Not surprisingly, I am in a terrible spot with reading and we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. But um, (laughs) my last habit that we stuck with this year is a family one, and that is our weekly family meetings. I did an episode of Kid Literate about this, that if you're interested in how we do family meetings, I will link it up. It's like 18 minutes and it's just me explaining it. So hop over there. I won't say more about that here, but we started them in late 2020, um, started doing them weekly, I should say. And uh, we have stuck with it every Sunday um, and we kind of have our format down now and the kids grumble. They don't always like it. Sometimes they're short and phoned in, but it has provided a container that um, allows for us to talk about fun things like planning a vacation. It allows us to talk about like something like a chore that like everyone's falling down on the job. And like, we all need a reminder of like how to change a roll of toilet paper. It allows (laughs) us to talk about like, to let the kids uh, talk about what they want to for dinner in the coming week and like get their input on things. And then Brian and I will have a calendar meeting and 
and decide. So it has just provided um, a recurring container. And as kids get older and have more activities and have more opinions, um, I think it has also, um, how do I want to say this about myself? It has mitigated some of my tendencies to go into over control mode because it forces me to sit with the other four people who live in my house and have a productive, open-ended discussion. Otherwise, it could look like me making all the decisions, taking on all the responsibility and feeling grumpy about it. Does that yeah, make sense? Totally. And I, I love that you admit um, or acknowledge that the kids, I think sometimes we talk about things like family meetings and there's this um, aspirational idea that it's like mom and dad and like three fresh faced, smiling children all sitting around having the time of their lives. And right. instead, much like any meeting, <laughs> Right. We're there because we need to accomplish a goal, not because we all want to be there. And so right. like, it's just good to get that reality check that, um, you know, I, I don't do family meetings as often as you do. When I do, I feel like I get a lot of pushback, but then at the end, everyone gets to have, you know, we've all gotten to say our thing or, mm -hmm. or we've just all gotten on the same page about something like the older yes. my kids get, the more we're like ships in the night again. And it's mm -hmm. like, they're all off doing their thing. And Will gets real mad at me when things don't get communicated <laughs> to him. <laughs> And I'll be like, you know what, though? I said it like so many times and I just thought you were in the room one of those times. Like, I just thought you were here. But it turns out uh -huh. I said it to everybody else, sometimes multiple times to everybody else. But in none of those occasions were you in the room. I'm very sorry about yeah. that. Let's make a better plan next time. So yeah. I love that. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Megan, our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids, is a free website for kids ages 5 to 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes. I'm really excited to tell everybody about their new Sites You Can Hear quiz. This is really cool. It's an online quiz you can do with your kids or they can do on their own, and it plays a piece of music, and then you guess what visual image or scene it sounds like. Our listeners may have heard the name Carnegie Hall because of their live performances, but they might not know about all the educational resources they also have for kids and families on their website. Carnegie Hall Kids ignites imagination in children, offering activities that both encourage musical curiosity and develop knowledge of musical concepts. And did we mention free? If you haven't yet, you're definitely going to want to check out Carnegie Hall Kids Interactive Musical Explorers Around the World Map. It teaches kids different musical traditions like Vietnamese folk, cumbia from Colombia, bluegrass and jazz from the U.S., and more. 
Start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. That's kids.carnegiehall.org. Okay, Sarah, so let's kick off this half of the show by talking about habits that we ditched or maybe never fully even got on board with, like things that we kind of tried to start and they just didn't stick, but that we're okay with, like ones that we were totally okay letting go because yeah. I think sometimes we need to give ourselves a big break about this kind of thing and totally. like just to admit that just because we tried something, maybe it was worth trying, but that doesn't mean we have to stick with it forever. So you go first on this 100%. one. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. And it's we get to decide if a habit is serving us or not in this season. So the one that I only have one and the one that came up for me is I think mid-year. I want to say this was like spring or summer. I decided that it would be great to have a goal to have myself in regular people clothes with the bare minimum of hair and makeup done. Like I don't do a full face every day or anything, but like like outside the world presentable ready by 9 a.m. And I picked 9 a.m. I want to say part of this time the kids were home either for spring break or summer. And my thinking was, I don't always know how much out in the world time I'm going to like, am I going to go shopping at a store? Am I going to see a bunch of people or am I going to work in my pajamas all day? Like, I don't always know. But what would happen is I'd have I would go so far between the extremes. Like I'm camera ready for a Zoom. I blow dried my hair. I've got makeup on or I seriously look like I just crawled out of bed. And this has always been my MO. I'm always kind of like one extreme or the other. So the habit I tried to start was that I had not, by 9 a.m. every day, I wanted to be presentable. Um, and it was a good experiment. I do think with that loosey-goosey summer schedule with kids home, it helped me, you know, go for my walk in the morning, either shower or like half shower, and then have whatever outfit on I was going to have for the rest of the day. And then it didn't matter what happened. Were we going to go out in the world or not? Who cares? I just, I let it go. And as we record this, it's 1030 in the morning. I have my workout pants on that I went for a walk in and like a dirty sweatshirt, no makeup. Like I've just gone back to like, I'm just winging it. Some days I look very presentable. Some days I don't look presentable. Some days I don't look presentable and end up running a bunch of errands and seeing people I know around town. And that's just okay. Like, it's just okay. So I let it go. I love that. And I think that's like a really good reminder that um, sometimes like something can be just enough to break the mindset you were in before. So you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you don't have to stick with that habit forever. Maybe what you just needed was like two weeks of that or yeah. something I, to take to switch you off from one extreme to a different. Place. Yeah. And I think it was helpful to just decide once as lazy genius would say, like decide once that I get ready at eight between eight 30 and nine in the morning. That's what I do every day. Whereas some days it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Some days, not at all. Some days first thing. And so that was helpful, but I, I don't think I needed it. Like I have a flexible work from home lifestyle. So it was maybe a habit I didn't need as much as I thought. Yeah. Okay. So the one that I ditched without even really realizing I was ditching it and then just never went back to it and finally decided I just don't care was running. And I've talked on the show a lot about running yeah. over the last year or so. There have been times when I was like running every single day, um, running, you know, at least three, four five times a week. I interviewed, um, a guest on one of our voices episodes back in early June, oh, right. um, mm -hmm. Lindsay, who is a runner and has a bunch of little boys and like, that was really inspiring. And my boyfriend runs and for a while he and I were running together, although that was always a little painful for me. And I think I really, in, when the weather was perfect and, and I could just walk out my door and jump on the sidewalk, like I'm talking, you know, like last May mm -hmm. 
and, and it was just a way to get outside and get my body moving. And it felt really good. I enjoyed for a brief moment feeling like a runner. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just didn't care enough to keep going. Like <laughs> I, like I wanted to be something I wasn't, I thought, Oh, I'm so inspired by these women who take up marathon running in their forties or like, I, I, so it's so cool how people go do these races. And I would look at that and go like, what a way to be, you know, like, I don't know. It's like so impressive and like to really, like to really go for something and do it. And, and I'm like, okay, that's great. But I don't want to, I just don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't care enough. And running isn't easy on your body. So you kind of have to really want to do it. Like it, it's not like one of those, it's not like, I don't know, walking where you right. can be kind of, <laughs> you can be sort of neutral about walking, but you just pop in your podcast and you get it done. Right. It's not like a big deal. Um, for me, it's nothing like yoga where I cut, where I finish up a a yoga class. And even though it was hard, I feel great the whole time. There's very few moments where I think this is not where I want to be. There's just moments where I think, man, I wish I wasn't having to hold this pose any longer, but I always want to be where I am and running. I mostly didn't want to be where I was like for most of it. All I could think about was how bored, um, tired, annoyed, um, (laughs) unable to breathe. Right. Like all I could think about was how much I wasn't enjoying myself. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I don't care. No one else cares. I don't have to run. I could be perfectly healthy and I can, I can be fit and active and like, um, thinking about longevity and it doesn't have to include running. Right. So anyway, um, I just decided I don't care. And that was freeing just deciding I don't yeah. care. Now that doesn't mean I'll never run again. Maybe I'll just be like, you know what? It feels good to jog like half a mile. Mm-hmm. Maybe but that's maybe all I ever need to do. Cause it does. There is something that feels really good about just like we've talked about. It's just going out and running. Like that feels good. Mm-hmm. But when you think every day, like now I have to go out and run several miles for me, that started to feel a lot less good and it never yeah. really got better. I love it. I let it go. Let it go. All right. Well, instead of talking about um, the flip side of that, instead of habits that we ditched and we're okay with, let's talk about habits we either formed or really dug in on and we feel a little iffy about, maybe don't have such a positive feeling about. Okay. And I'll go first on this one. This is a really silly one. And um, it's something again, Sarah, you and I have talked about on the show. Like I've said for years, I want to watch more TV because you and I would talk about all these great shows that you and Brian were watching together. And I'd be, I always felt really out of it. And I would, th- I would just say, man, I don't even know what you're talking about, or I do need more TV time in my life because I, first of all, think TV time can be a great like date night experience. And Mm -hmm. I also like having that cultural knowledge, like that other people are talking about a show and I, you know, know about it. So I would say in 2021, I definitely started watching more TV. Also, my boyfriend is a TV watcher. He's a guy. That's how he winds down at night. Like he, Mm -hmm. you know, works all day, eats his dinner, sits down and watches a movie or, or a program. And so he and I, I think with Queen's Gambit was where we really started watching TV together. And then we just went from that to series after series. And we just finished up Ted Lasso, which was one where I, um, I was hesitant because you know how we feel about things that are popular. Um, we, we, we do, but I, I am such a huge Ted Lasso fan that sometimes I, sometimes either one of us can take a departure and actually be as bandwagony as the next well, person, yes. but you were, you were hesitant. Like, how can it be as good as it's, as everyone says, everyone's that it saying is. it's so great, which must mean that it's just their plebeians and, right. um, <laughs> it's actually terrible. And I will also say I watched the very first episode and it did not grab me. There was mm-hmm. something about the British, like the jarringness between like the ultra Americanness of Ted mm-hmm. and like the ultra Brit like culture thing. 
something about it felt I just didn't love it. Like the first episode, I just didn't love. So I actually watched it and then didn't watch it again for at least a month, maybe maybe two months. But yeah. then people would not shut up about it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it was just like, OK, fine. So we sat down and watched like the um, second episode and the third and the fourth. And I and we then ended up binging the whole thing in like two weeks. Um, yeah. Just finished it up a few days ago and then went right into another Apple TV series. Um, and Which one? Uh, the shrink next door. Oh, I haven't started yet, but I have. It's making things. me very uncomfortable and I don't think okay. I'm going to want to continue with it. It's, I mean, okay. the acting is great and I, the concept is great. I didn't realize it's based on a podcast. Once I figured out it was based on a real life story, then I realized I kind of can see where it's going to go. And I don't think I want to go long for that ride. Like I just, okay. I think I'm going to actually find it really depressing. But anyway, um, I was sitting there watching it thinking now this is starting to feel like mindless. Like I'm just, I happen to be sitting at like with Ted Lasso, it was like, yes, let's do this. Let's, let's watch this because I really want to see this show. Whereas, and it has nothing to do with the show, the shrink next door. It might be that it's a fantastic show. It was more like now it felt obligatory because this Mm -hmm. is what I do is I sit down at night and watch TV. And I don't Mm -hmm. want that. Like, I don't want that to be what I do every night because sometimes I would rather read. Sometimes I'd rather work. Sometimes I'd rather, I don't know, do something else, anything else besides watch TV. And so for me, the TV habit is one of those where it's like when I'm intentionally choosing to watch a series or if it's going to be mindless, let's have it be truly mindless. I'm talking, I'm talking like food network on in the background Mm -hmm. and I don't even have to look at it and it's over in 20 minutes. Like to me, that's the best kind of mindless watching. It's this sort of like, I have to be fully engaged in this show because this show requires that of me. However, I don't actually want to be engaged in TV right now. That's to me like the place where I just felt iffy. And so I don't know where I'm going to land with that. It's not like I'm saying I'm not going to watch TV again because TV is something like I really do enjoy when it's the right show. But for me, it has to be the right reason to do it. And maybe just like there's an hour before bed isn't the right reason. Yeah. And I really relate to the, um, that becoming the assumption of what you do every night. Um, because I, I have felt that at times. Um, and to the point where like Brian and I'll start to have a conversation about the day or one of the kids and I feel antsy, like, no, we have to turn on our program. And then it's like, wait, no, we could just have a glass of wine and have a conversation instead of turning on a program. It doesn't have to be. So I can get almost habit addicted. And then it feels like, Whereas you, you sometimes respond of like, you don't want to be penned into a, to like someone else's demands on your time. Right. And I can flip the opposite and be like, we have to do this. This is what this we is do. What we always do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'll just be really honest. There's a couple related habits here that I do not feel great about in 2021. And they're all wrapped up in the same soup. I list longtime listeners might remember that I had a very kind of personal rule about leaving my phone in the kitchen on the charger, not having it by my bedside for a long time. I mean, a couple, two or three years, that was my default. My phone was never by my bedside at night, which means I wasn't looking at it right before I fell asleep. And I wasn't looking at it first thing in the morning. My alarm was Brian's alarm because he gets up early. I didn't need it for the morning alarm, yada, yada, yada. Well, this just goes to show that those good habits, like we can slip from the best of habits, like a habit is like locking in, but then life circumstances. So my phone is next to my bed most nights now. Some nights I leave it out in the kitchen and I don't know why it doesn't need to be there, but it is. Sometimes I look at it right before I fall asleep. Um, 
I often look at it right when I wake up. And this is where it overlaps with other habits. So my morning time of getting up early, reading a book or planning my day, having a cup of coffee, it has, um, I now do all of that in bed. I get back in bed with my coffee. And if my phone is next to me, I tend to scroll my phone and just look at my phone in the morning. And if I look at my phone, it's probably Instagram and the news. And that is how I start my day. And that does not feel good. Like I know better. I know better because I've done better. I've had morning time. That's more about like journaling and reading or sitting in quiet. For a while, I had a habit where I didn't meditate, but I made myself do nothing else while I drank my coffee, which is essentially the same. It's very close to meditating because there's nothing to do except think about the coffee you're drinking and sit in the dark. So I have done all these other ways of approaching morning time. And I'm just owning the fact that the current um, the current profile is not anything close to what I know is best and healthy for me. It's just not. Well, I think that's really reassuring because you've gone, you've, you've broken the habit or, or you've shifted the habit before. Um, and it's reassuring to hear that, you know what I mean? That everyone kind of falls off the wagon with these things, but that, you know, no, you know what it takes to get Mm -hmm. it back. Right. So like, maybe you can speed the process up this time. Like it's almost like you have to decide, you have to get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm done with this. Right. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I know I'm capable of it. And I, in that first half, I talked about like high and mighty about Facebook and not scrolling, but like, let's be honest, I'm not, not scrolling anything. I'm just not scrolling Facebook. Um, so there's, there is that addictive social media, mindless scroll that is gross. And I think a lot of you listening know what I mean. So you start to almost feel uh, like itchy, um, like, like that (laughs) antsy, the feeling where you're like creepy crawly almost Uh because you know, like you're just killing your brain cells and your Uh time and, for, and and you're introducing things into your brain that don't need to be there. Like, it's just, I, yeah, I totally hear you. Well, let's end on a, I guess, a positive and forward looking note. Um, and let's talk about habits. We're looking forward to either starting or restarting, or maybe something like, that's just like a baby, like a little baby habit that you would like to really, um, dig in on in 2022. And you go first on this one, Sarah. Yeah, I'll go first. And and like we said at the top of the show, I think listeners, you can look forward to more episodes in the coming weeks where we kind of refine our 2022 goals and habits. So this is just like the very first dipping our toes in the water. Um, but for me, related to that last one is getting back to reading. So you said you're in a good reading space. I am in a terrible reading space. I have been reading the same novel since like September, maybe. And I picked it because Brian and the kids both read it. It's a sci-fi, like a very popular sci-fi novel that's going to be made into a movie that like 50 million people will see. And I picked it because the kids had read it and said, oh, like, will you read it? Because then we can all see the movie together. And I thought that was so sweet. But sci-fi books are not for Sarah's. Like, this is not what I want to be reading. <laughs> I and, was just going to say, too... of all of the genres I'd I know. place you in, it's not no. that one. No, <laughs> it's not for me. And I'm too stubborn to let it go. And I am asking for a Kindle for Christmas, which I've never had. So I'm really looking forward to the the radical shift from only physical books to sometimes physical books and sometimes Kindle. And I do think that's going to reinvigorate my reading Um, I, there are some titles I would like to read, especially in the nonfiction and parenting, um, genre that I don't want necessarily want my kids picking up the physical copy of what I'm reading and like browsing. I did that when I was a teenager, I looked at the parenting books. My mom was reading about parenting teenagers. There's something that kind of makes me feel like, uh, in a good way, like, oh, I can read whatever I want on my Kindle and you people can't see like 
what they can't pick it up and look at it and right. read the, you know, it feels like private in a weirdly satisfying way. Like you and I have talked about how we like to listen to our podcasts in private and our music. It's not because they're secretive or there's anything wrong with them. It's just like, this is my media. This is my time. So I'm looking forward to the Kindle um, assisting with that element of it and also assisting with like the quantity of books I can procure and read. And I'm really looking forward to that. And maybe even audiobooks, which I've also wow. never been into. But my my listening is also in, I would say, just in stagnation right now. Like my podcast listening is fine, but I could see audiobooks also making a 2022 appearance. Both of these things are radical shifts for reading Sarah, the Kindle and the audiobook. So just watch out, people. <laughs> well, I have been I've been a Kindle fan since probably 2011 or 2012. Yeah. I've had them for a very long time, and I really do love it. I mean, I just... I don't do all of my reading on a Kindle. I really love a real hardcover or not even a hard, mm-hmm. hard, hard copy book, but there is something about the ease of the Kindle, the ability to take it anywhere with me and have all of my reading, like a lot of different reading material. Yeah. I like, I like holding it in bed. It just, it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's just easy. And um, I like being able to read in the dark without yeah. like, disturbing anybody else. So I love all that. And I, you know, Sarah, I told you that I tried to dip my toe into yeah. audiobooks. <laughs> yes, that was such a funny story. I, la- well, I laughed thinking about that. So I was, I'll just quickly tell it. I left Sarah this Voxer message saying that I had, um, our business coach had recommended that we read this one book. And I, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, because I want to start walking more. I'm going to get the audiobook version. And then I'm going to go on these long walks and I'm going to absorb all this great business information. And instead, I could not stand the the um, reader, the what do they call him? Narrator. Like uh-huh. it was so bad. It was so bad that I think I gave it one page, maybe. It was like uh-huh. I couldn't even stand it. And I turned You're it like, off nope. and I was like, nope. And that was the last time I tried to read an audiobook or listen to an audiobook. Now, I did talk to Amy Clark, our good friend of momadvice.com, mm-hmm. and she's got a book club um, and they do a lot, like a lot. That, that's basically their main focus now is reading and book clubs and things like that. And Amy is one of those people who reads like a hundred books a yes, year. Like she's like a, a voracious reader. reader. Yes, yeah. a voracious reader. And her, and you should just a plug for her community. It's really cool. She, they, they do a lot of work to make sure it's like a really high quality reader community. So momadvice.com is that. But anyway, I had her on my Mother of Reinvention podcast and her advice I thought was so interesting because it's very counterintuitive to the way I think we tend to read physical books where you find an author you like and you go after that author. Like you'll do a deep dive on that author and read everything by Mm -hmm. that author. Or maybe there's a category you like or a genre you like and you deep dive in that. Um, She said, find find a reader that you like and probably you will like all their books. And it's just an interesting shift because to me, I wasn't really thinking about what a difference the reader would make. Like the fact that the person narrating the book kind of makes or breaks the experience for you. So it's almost like if they're, if they're a good narrator, then it's, you're going to probably have a good experience. Even if that Mm -hmm. book in a hard, like in a print copy might not have been your jam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like I'll I'll watch different movies than I would read books. Like, Sometimes, you know, what makes me like a movie isn't the same thing that would make me like a book. And I thought that was a really smart tip. So I'm going to, I'm going to join in with you that on that, but I think I'm going to find a narrator that I really like first. I love it. So how about you? So I've got a few. One is time blocking. You may have noticed I haven't talked about time blocking much recently. And that's because um, I had to shift my schedule around a couple of times and my time block completely did not represent my real life anymore. And I 
never really went back and dialed it in. So time blocking, if you haven't heard me talking about it, is not, it's not a to-do list and it's not calendaring. It's essentially setting aside chunks of time throughout your week that you want to focus on things that maybe aren't on your calendar. They're self-directed. It's not like Mm -hmm. they're not appointments and they're not to-do lists. It's like, I'm going to set aside, you know, from 12 to four on Tuesdays for business development. And like personal writing is going to be between 10 and one. So you have to, you kind of have to dial in a lot of parts of your life to make time blocking work. Your fitness routines, your kid routines, like your work routines, all of those things have to work. And for a while I was really religious about it and it was great. I felt like it was fantastic and it really helped me give my day shape. Um, and then I just stopped because my, it, it got messed up and I couldn't get it back. And you know how sometimes it's hard once something is really, really working. Then when it stops working, you're almost annoyed to have to go back and do the work again Yeah, yeah. to make it work again. Um, so that's one, but I want to, because I think now I'm in a place where, you know, the beginning of the year is always a great time to do that stuff. Um, yoga, I am doing yoga teacher training in early 2022. We will talk about that in a future episode, but I definitely want that to be more like a daily routine, a daily habit that I do, even if there's no class on my schedule and no one else telling me to do it. So that's Mm -hmm. like a big shift, but definitely something I want to do. And then this is a kind of a big one. I don't want to work in bed as much anymore. This is a big change. Just got me me, working in bed. Like this, you've finally like converted me gradually, but yes, I work in bed a lot now. Well, I like working in bed. I do. Um, I've been working in bed for a really long time, like most of my career. And when I was you know, 18 when my, years, yes. When my kids were little, I would work in bed. They'd crawl all over me. They'd nap next to me. It really worked. And there are certain things, there's certain kinds of work I'm always going to want to do in bed. And like you, I really like that early morning time of sitting in bed with my feet up and like my coffee, my, well, my tea, not coffee, but you know, all of that is very cozy to me. However, soon I will be moving into a new place where I will have like a really legit office space. And I've had office spaces before, but they've just never functioned quite the way I want them to. And they've really never functioned as a podcasting space. Like they've been not good for that. Um, I think for me, it would be beneficial for me to have a time of day that I get out of bed and don't get back in. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be that. early. Like it could be at 10. Like it doesn't have to be right when I wake up, like I'm jumping out of bed and, and making the bed. I'm glad to get my tea, crawl back in bed and work for another hour or two. But at some point I need to exit the bed and make it and not get back in until bedtime for lots of reasons. Um, lots of reasons. I've just noticed a lot about my energy patterns and how easy it is for me to just want to like slither down until I'm laying all the way down and napping. Like I just, I can just see a lot that's going to be really exciting about changing it up in this way. And I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. it. Well, might I suggest that there could be a, you might find a happy medium because I do make my bed every day. I didn't used to, but, um, as my kids have gotten older and I've had more time and space, I make my bed really nicely. Actually, I delight in a very nicely made bed and then I sit back on top of it and I have like a little lap desk and like, so my working in bed probably does not look like yours and it feels oh, no, very I'm working different on a made bed. Right? Yeah, no, I'm making, I'm working on a made bed. Okay. Right so it's, it's made and but I think the problem is too much of my life is happening in my bed. So <laughs> like I've got, I mean, I've got all kinds of crap all over my bed because it's kind of where I, it's where I read. It's where I embroider. It's where I throw things. It's where I work. It's where I sleep. Yeah. It's where I, you know, it's where I, I don't know. I've got like stacks of books everywhere and hand, it's just, it feels cluttered a and B. I just think 
for me, it'll just be a good change of pace. I'm not against working in bed at all. Like I've done it very successfully for a very long time. I just would like to have a different space where, you know how we've talked about like how hard it can be to shift sometimes between like being on camera for like a Zoom call or things like that. I think having a dedicated space where I can be, feel more profesh and not have a microphone tucked into my bra will Mm -hmm. just feel good. Like a good change. I think I, I think you will enjoy that. And I have really enjoyed I just texted you live and in person. I texted you a picture of my bed right now, which is covered in all of my things. So same, same over here. But I have really enjoyed. Have, <laughs> it looks just like mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but I have in this house after Brian finally went back into the office, which was a year after we moved here, June 15th of 2021, he started going into the office. So about half of this year. I have finally, like I notice, I call it my office now instead of your office or our office. It is kind of a his and hers, but I really enjoy because we do a fair amount of Zoom calls and stuff. I enjoy having that space that's super profesh. And then I still, I still climb in bed to record and do some other work. So I totally hear you and you probably do more in bed than I do. And I have I this do a like, lot kinda, in bed. <laughs> I, okay, a lot. Right there. There's a lot that happens. <laughs> It's a busy bed, a busy, busy bed, busy, busy bed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is that the last thing on our outline? We're just going to leave it right there for everybody. I think we're going to leave it. Megan does a lot in bed and wants to do (laughs) different things in bed in 2022. How about that? Okay. We are going to leave it right there. Um, Okay. So coming up on Tuesday, we have a new episode. Of course, we're going to be talking about how we think our kids see us and perceive us and what kind of behaviors we're modeling for better or for worse. I'm excited about that one. And then just a reminder, check the blog, people. Holiday Headquarters is at themomhour.com slash holiday21. And that is still a very much um, being ever updated with new blog content. Our contributor, Sandy, has a post up this week. Really cute one pairing um, holiday books and holiday crafts together. Super cute, beautiful photos of how she is celebrating with a preschooler at home during the holidays. So Don't forget to check all of that out. We will link it up in the show notes. And then, Megan, this is the last More Than Mom of 2021. Well, how apropos that we had this topic then, right? Yeah, but then we will pick back up with Sundays in January. And then, of course, your Tuesdays, they never end. We just keep coming at you on Tuesdays. Yeah, well, we are excited to be back with you on Tuesday, and we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.